The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Here we go, and officially welcome to December. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Really glad you're here. Great 60-minute show for you coming up. Emotional bias versus investment and retirement planning. How do we mess with ourselves on that, and how do we get out of that? Also going to talk about the silver lining of putting off retirement. A lot of people got to retire early. Some people now looking at what's going on are thinking, yeah, I might stay in the game a little bit more. There are some silver linings, and we're going to talk about that. I'm Danny Clayton, joined in the studio this weekend by Jason Cooper, research analyst. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Dave Spano is our president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to you. Yeah, thank you, everybody. And of course, you know, we talked last week about all the economic data that we were going to see this week, and there was a lot in a concluding on Friday morning with the jobs report and much better and much stronger than what we expected. We added 263,000 jobs. Jason, we expected 200,000. Yeah, it came in much stronger than expected. But what really surprised the market, I believe, is the hourly earnings, which continued to surprise to the upside. They grew at 5.1% versus an expectations of 4.6%. What's important there is is that the last print was 4.9%. So the markets had anticipated that wage growth would start to roll over, right. but it continued to accelerate to the upside. And that's and that's an issue. So wages continue to increase at six-tenths of a percent. And that was double expectations, as Jason just said. And so that really puts the Fed in a predicament. We're all watching the news that came out this week. And in fact, Powell even made some comments about perhaps slowing down the rate increases this past week as well. Yeah, he continued to highlight that monetary policy works with a lag, and the amount of tightening that has gone into the system has been so substantial with back-to-back-to-back 75 basis point increases. Yeah, that's right. There's been six rate increases this year. You know, we started basically at zero with the Fed continuing to buy mortgage-backed securities all the way into March of this year, started to raise rates. And now the rates today that the Fed looks at are about 375 to 4%. What the market is suggesting is the terminal rate or the end rate, which they're going to stop the rate raises, is more about 5%. So even if we get 50 basis points in early December, and that will be dependent upon that CPI report we'll get the day before, even if we get 50 basis points, we still probably have more to go. And that's what the market is trying to digest, especially in light of a strong jobs report. And I know internally we've been debating the difference between a pause and a pivot, but the market is currently pricing and at least there will be a pause after December until May. And with respect to what Powell is looking for, he highlighted that the risk is that these wage increases become a self-fulfilling prophecy due to inflation in the economy. And he highlighted, I think it was underappreciated, that he was willing to tolerate lower demand for labor for a longer period of time, meaning higher unemployment going forward and muted GDP growth. Yeah, that's crazy. Think about that, Danny. You talk about supply and demand, and we often talk about that. So the supply of workers is low, but the demand from companies remains high. So that's just pushing up wages and prices. Headline I saw said, 
the jobs number good for workers, not great for the Fed. Yeah, Is that's that exactly yeah. right. Yeah, uh-huh. and that's and that's very observant. And of course, when we look at that, what we're concerned about is will they continue to raise rates? And as rates go up, folks, it puts a lot of pressure on risk assets. We normally, talk about risk assets as securities, equities, and real estate. And the real estate market continues to be under pressure. I saw something this week which was really shocking to me in that a 30-year home mortgage at 3% on an average house price came out to $1,349, but at 7%, it was $2,100. That equates to a 37% decrease in home prices. So you talk about all the inputs that the Fed is looking at. They are certainly trying to break the bubble of real estate. We know that wages are under control, and there's really not much they can do about food and energy. So it's tough to be a Fed official right now. Agreed. I, I don't envy them in this position. The dual mandate is really a killer. Yeah, that's right. So to dual mandate, two jobs, keep inflation under control or what's called price control. And number two is full employment. Their target, of course, is higher than what it is. That really means, folks, they want the unemployment rate to go up. Sounds counterintuitive, but that is the world we're living in. A little bit later on in the show, we're going to talk about the silver lining of putting off retirement. And Dave, that doesn't mean if you're putting off retirement, you do not need a plan. No. In fact, you need the vision. Exactly. You really need the vision heading into whatever next year is going to be, and it could be a doozy in 2023. Can we help? I think we can. We do investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. Most important part, we're going to say this until until the cows come home as a fee-only fiduciary. That is total fee transparency. You deserve that. We provide that. Know the difference. It's one team, one plan, one fee. Reminder, we can review available on demand this weekend on our YouTube channel in Axiom, our Sunday newsletter, Spotify at the top of the hour, AnnexWealth.com. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, December 4th. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. Someone asks how you are. Most of the time, it's good. So how's your money, your investments, your retirement plans? Given everything going on, good might not be the answer. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying great. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. A couple of things. Sign up for the Axiom. That's our free weekly newsletter. We've got a bunch of social media presence. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Our YouTube channel, really good. We're on Spotify with a couple of podcasts. One is the SWAT podcast. And that has members of the Annex Wealth Management investment team. If you really like the market stuff, got to check this thing out. Usually up by mid-morning on Mondays. Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. I'm Danny Clayton. Jason Cooper, research analyst at Annex, is here. Dave Spano's riding along. He is president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. You know, it's hard to do this on the radio, and we often, in our offices, we use a lot of screens and a lot of standing up in front of presentations. So I'm going to try to paint this picture. So think about this circle, a pie chart, if you will. So there's stocks is one portion, there's bonds, there's cash, and there's alternatives, which often are filled with things like real estate and commodities. And where you push that money around within that pie is really important. That's frankly called asset allocation. So we drill down even more into that. We talk about equities. And in equities or stocks, there's places to invest, sectors that are good and sectors that are not. And then you take it one more. And then, Jason, you take it one step further and look at the actual companies inside of those sectors. And we watched some earnings highlights this week. Great one out of Salesforce this week. And Salesforce is a customer relationship management software company. 
And what's so fantastic about them is they're about 10 times the size of their next largest competitor. Right. And by the way, the ticker is CRM, which stands for that, correct? That's true. And Salesforce partners with many of the Fortune 1000 companies, so they get a lot of insight with respect to what's going on in the economy. And when we have the opportunity to participate in a conference call, we can almost develop a mosaic of what's going on and what the management team is relating. So they talked about strengths like the travel, hospitality, automotive, energy, and manufacturing industries. And then they also pointed to some weaknesses like marketing, IT, and financial services. And that's, that's great stuff. That's great insight into the whole overall mosaic, as you'd like to say. It provides us with the opportunity from an asset allocation perspective to look at what earnings are likely to do or discounted by the market. And then recheck back with management to see, hey, maybe there's an area that's underlooked or maybe there's an area where expectations are too high. So having that ability to touch down and get at the deep individual stock level provides us with added insight and capabilities from an analytic perspective. And you've underwritten almost every single position that we look at, right? So you think about, for example, energy, you start at 30,000 feet. And by the way, a lot of news this week on the energy front, and one of those is looking for a cap on Russian oil at 60 now, I kind of scoffed at that when I saw it because there's ways around it for them. They could just sell the oil to India, for example, but we'll see if that actually works. All of that moves the energy market significantly, and that is really kind of weird that you, when we go from tick to tick and look at that information, more importantly, we underwrite. And that is the most important piece. You look at their sales, you look at their growth, you look at their earnings, and that's really what's important. And one thing that you do look for is free cash flow when you're doing these reports. Yeah, the energy sector right now is generating some of the strongest free cash flow across the entire market. I believe the free cash flow yield on the securities are about 10% here. So even though there has been tremendous outperformance of the energy sector, so long as the price remains elevated, there is an increased likelihood that distributions to shareholders via dividends and repurchases will remain high and the securities continue to remain cheap. Yep. In the meantime, you have the administration basically putting a floor under oil at $70 because they're actively saying that because they've been drawing down on the strategic petroleum reserves, if oil moves to 70 they will be active buyers. And that makes it easier to underwrite when you know the underlying price for sure. But, you know, they were going to have volatility now through the end of the year, uh, and especially before earnings season starts into January, because there's going to be tax lot selling that we're going to have to watch. There's going to be year-end window dressing. And all of that really means that we're going to have volatility through the rest of the year. But as you like to say, the right mindset comes from financial planning. Yeah, it it gives us the opportunity to reassess risk tolerance, understand what you own, and ensure that advice is coming from a fiduciary. Thank you very much. Jason Cooper, research analyst at Annex Wealth Management. Dave Spano, our president and CEO. Hey, folks, can we help fill out that contact form? Click that Get Started button. This is the time Annex is ready. You know, sometimes we're our own worst enemy when it comes to investment and retirement planning. What does that really mean? We're going to talk about it next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Comfort shows. You'd think with all the different shows streaming, you'd watch something different every night. Instead, the list of shows you plan to watch grows, but you're stuck re-watching Friends for the 48th time. Why do we do that? Because it's comfortable. It's the same for financial advice. You want financial advice? You could search Google or YouTube or Reddit and find options from experts of all stripes. Even then, we resort to behaviors that make us feel comfortable, even if that behavior is nothing. 
At Annex Wealth Management, we understand that during times like this, it's tempting to do nothing at all, but that means you're back to watching repeats again. It's time to change the channel. Take a look at where you are and where you're headed. Reevaluate your goals. Understand what you own and why. Put your plan through our rigorous financial analysis. Annex can help. AnnexWealth.com. Set up a time when we can talk. Know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, CDFA, and ABF Professional at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we've all heard the phrase, trust your gut, and it works for me more times than not. But it can also be an emotional bias that we need to watch out for, especially when it comes to your investment and retirement plan. Deanne Phillips knows a lot about this. She's an ABF. What is that again, real quick? Accredited behavioral finance professional. Let's talk about the ways we can get tripped up. The first emotional bias we need to watch out for is loss aversion. That makes sense. It does. So this generally means a dollar found is great, but a dollar lost is more impactful to us as people. So when we apply this to our finances as a whole, and in particular to investments, loss aversion can look like someone saying, well, the markets are down and I rode this mutual fund all the way down. Now I have to wait till it comes all the way back before I sell it because I don't want to lose anything in it. Now, the challenge here is in making sure it's actually the right holding for you from a holistic point of view. Not only if it's a good fund, obviously, and well-managed and, and can make it back up, but also mutual fund mass a little wonky. It takes double to get back up to where you were before. And if it's not something you would buy or hold right now, why would you wait? So, This is something we tell ourselves because of loss aversion, we feel we have to wait for recovery instead of getting into the assets that are best for us now to help us meet our goals. Next bias is overconfidence. That would be easy when things are good. Right. So this can lead us to becoming too confident in our own general ability or or the information that we've been able to publicly obtain and thus in our ability to act in our own best interest. But we already know that we tend to, being people, want to move toward what the herd's doing or with momentum. Just like any profession, financial planning is a practice that requires discipline, knowledge, experience. This is where certified financial planner practitioners can actually assist with holistic planning. And every plan is different. And certainly, it's simpler to make money when everything's moving up, right? You just kind of throw a dart at the board and, hey, the high tide takes up everything. But it's different in a bear market, in a stock picker's market. That's when especially knowledge and expertise come into play. How about self-control bias? Can you explain that one? Yeah. So again, we're people, which means that we tend to seek instant gratification. I know I do. I'm having a bad day. I want that cookie, right? So in finance, this could look like instant gratification or feeling better in the moment as opposed to waiting for that longer term reward. This can derail a financial plan. And financial plans, you know, they're made up of both long-term and short-term goals. So we have to be aware of not just doing instant buys or sells or or knee-jerk reactions that might derail our long-term prospects. We're with Deanne Phillips, emotional biases that can create issues with investment and retirement planning. Here's one. Don't want to surprise you with this status quo bias. So, you know, I just want to say here, Danny, with all of these biases and in particular this one, sometimes the reason why you hire a wealth manager is to help save us from our own behaviors. So this particular bias status quo can look like paralysis, 
by analysis, right? It's the fear of making the wrong decisions. So then we make no decision at all, status quo. And we might think, gee, if I stay the same, well, of course, I'll get the same result. And is that result working? So this bias can keep people from exploring options that may help them get closer to their goals. Here's a new one. Regret aversion bias. Is that a cousin of loss aversion? It really is. So again, sometimes we seek out the information that confirms what we believe. And we're so afraid of making the wrong decision and being regretful again, that it can lead to inaction. So someone being so afraid of doing the wrong thing, they actually end up doing nothing that moves them closer to their goals. And our final emotional bias to be on guard for is affinity bias. That's what the home team or stuff you love. Yeah. You know, think back a company stock held in a 401k, for example, people think, Hey, I work for this great firm. They're publicly traded. I'm going to buy their stock and show my loyalty, right? My affinity to this company. This can also show itself like, Hey, I shop at this current retailer. Why wouldn't I own the stock? But these are all very different things. And this is where a wealth manager can look and say, all right, that company stock in your 401k, would you buy it now? Not would you hold it? Because our affinity will say, well, of course I'll hold it. I've been mm -hmm. working for the firm, right? But we have to look at what does it do to the risk within the portfolio? And just because we like a company or shop somewhere doesn't mean it's a good buy or a good hold right now. The same thing can be said for not playing our political views too. We need to look a little bit broader than that beyond what we think and watch for trends and more important, valuation in the market. Going to guess the takeaway is, and you kind of touched on it earlier, is get somebody on your side that can guard you from these things. Right. We all have these innate biases. You know, the first step is acknowledging we have them and understanding which ones really kind of drive us so that we can have an honest conversation with our financial planner. For investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. We want you to know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start that wealth metric process. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, CDFA, and at ABF. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's Sunday, December 4th. Looking at your investments and wondering about target date funds? We're going to dig into that next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Used to be a retirement plan was working 40 years. Get the gold watch, walk out the door to see what was next, if anything. That was then, this is now. We're in an age of retirement redefined, and retirement could last a long time. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan to help deliver the retirement you desire. It's time to know the difference. Work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. AnnexWealth.com. Tom Parks is our Director of Retirement Plan Services. I also gave him another title, Headline Challenger. Hey, Tom. Hey, bring it on. Here's the headline. What's in your 401k, question mark? For more investors, just one fund. What's wrong with that headline? The just one fund thing is what's of concern to me. So this is an article about target date retirement funds. Okay. And most target date retirement funds, all of them really, are funds of 
funds. The whole idea is it's a one-stop shop where you can pick one investment selection, but in doing that, get access to a bunch of other mutual funds all at once. Let's go back a step. So a target date fund is say like it's 2030, the year that you would retire. And so all of the investments in this one fund are aimed at 2030, but it's more than one fund. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my concern with the the title of the, the article was the one fund is kind of a misnomer. I think it's a little bit misleading or maybe maybe they just didn't understand how these things work. For those of you involved in a retirement plan, you probably have access to a suite of target date funds. And you'll recognize them because it's a series of funds. They all have the same name, company name, uh, life cycle, lifestyle, whatever. And then there's a, a year. Basically, they're all the same fund of funds. The only difference is the composition, the asset allocation within the funds itself. So the idea is it's a one-stop shop. We always tell people, somebody's got to be watching your money. So if you're not going to do it, then have somebody else do it for you. That's why these things have gotten popular. Yeah. Over 85% of inflows in 401k plans go into target date retirement funds. And didn't they find like in the old days, there were almost too many choices. People got a little bit bewildered. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Too many choices can be a bad thing because it's the paralysis by analysis issue. And and if if it means that you're not going to save for retirement, then that's a problem. So somebody plops into a 2030 target fund. They look at it in 2029? Theoretically. I mean, I would recommend looking at it a little bit more frequently than that. But that is the idea. I mean, it really is. So so like I said, the underlying investments are all pretty much the same within the target date series from the 2010 to the 2060 or whatever you want to call it. But the allocation from how much is in equities to how much is in fixed income and other asset classes, that's what changes. So the idea is if I'm going to retire in 30 years, it'll start out as a higher risk, more equity allocation now. And then as you get closer to retirement, it'll slowly change from a higher equity to a higher fixed income allocation over time. And that seems to make perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, that is what people should be doing. The thing is, not all people who are going to retire in 2050 are made alike. So it's definitely better than nothing. But it's one of those things that, you know, if you want to really dial in your personal risk tolerance or investment strategy, you're going to want to put in a little more effort than that. Okay. If there's three different companies, everybody's got a 2030 target fund. Are they identical? No. Great question. So there's a lot of scrutiny from the Department of Labor on how plan fiduciaries choose the target date fund vintage that they offer in their plan. So there are a lot of differences. There's active management versus passive. So passive, you think of index funds. So you can either have actively managed target date fund or passively managed, or there are some that are a blend of the two. The other thing is that glide path, the the way that the investment allocation changes from high equity to higher fixed income. Think of it a plane landing, right? Coming down in altitude, it's gliding down toward the runway and it's changing its allocation. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's what all the graphs look like. So, okay. But what you'll see is if you take three or four target date funds and you put them all in the same graph, what you'll find is the point where the change starts, Mm -hmm. how many years before retirement, that's not always the same. How steep is that change? You know, does it change very quickly from equities to fixed income? All of those things are very different from one target date series to the next. So there's a lot more to it than just picking one. Tom, you've used that phrase before. It's called to and through. Sure. um, And that's T-O, to and through. Yep. So the glide path goes either to retirement or through retirement, right? So let's say that your assumed retirement age is 67 years old. The fund is changing from a higher equity 
to a lower equity exposure, and it does that gradually over time. There are some target date funds where on that retirement date at your age 67, it flatlines and they say, okay, from now on, it's going to be 55% equities, 45% fixed income or whatever the allocation ends up being. The through strategy is one where they say, well, you know what? You're going to be retired for a long time. We should continue to invest that money even after you've retired in a higher equity exposure for a few more years until we finally wind it down at some point after that retirement date. So it's just two fundamentally different approaches to how they manage that glide path. Your team at Annex helps employers set up 401k programs for their employees. Is that complicated? Well, it's not complicated. There's a series of steps. The first thing we usually do is we come in and we take a look at how is the plan working right now? There is usually a plan provider. So if your plan's at Fidelity or it's at Voyer or wherever it happens to be, we'll take a look at that, see how things are going. And then we look at the investment lineup and we see how, is it a good lineup? Are there some opportunities for enhancement there? If we make a determination that the whole thing needs to be done over, then we work with the employers to go through a a due diligence process of interviewing new providers and trying to figure out what's going to be the best arrangement for them. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services and Headline Challenger. Hey, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for having me. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. Seems like it never ends. Market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Amy Bremer, CFP and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Hi, Danny. Isn't this a well-timed discussion? In a world where everything we need is going up in price, we're at a point where that kind of inflation is colliding with another type of inflation, and that is lifestyle inflation. How do we define lifestyle inflation? That's a great question, Danny. So we determine lifestyle inflation as lifestyle creep, and that's where your wage increase, so you increase your lifestyle. Maybe you upgrade to the king size super value meal, or you upgrade to the nicer level car when before you would have gotten the entry level car. So just death by a million cuts sort of things, only in relation to money. So right at the top, Amy, we're going to point out that in no way are we saying that people shouldn't enjoy themselves and the fruits of their labor. In fact, this is more of a cautionary piece for maybe younger folks or people starting out that we're going to offer up some insights that might lead to a more fulfilling future. Maybe the subtitle should be more money, more problems, yeah, right? Right. Dang, that's a good one. Uh, does that happen? And to get at lifestyle inflation, do we need to challenge a status quo? Yes. So first, please let me interject here and say we are not telling folks that you must take a vow of poverty. We're not the clergy here. You know, we're regular folk working hard for our money and we should be able to enjoy it. But we want to address more the keeping up with the Joneses type mentality where, you know, the neighbors got the swimming pool. So, hey, I can get a swimming pool too when swimming pools are really expensive no matter where you live. So we just want to make sure that the lifestyle that you live doesn't exponentially increase in conjunction to the income that you earn. But it happens. It does. It happens all the time? Not all the time. Some folks have a higher propensity to that than others, and a lot of it is driven by their choice of profession. However, it's really easy to avoid it, and it's to pay yourself first. 
So one of the ways that I tell um, folks that I work with at Annex is when you get those annual wage increases, they're nice, you know, 3%, 4%. Sometimes if you had a better year, five or six, put half of it in your 401k because a 3% wage increase over 26 pay periods, if you get paid every other week, and then you have income tax taken out of it, which you got to pay the piper, that's not enough really to move the needle on your lifestyle. But if you put it in your 401k, that's going to do great things for your future retirement. Some people are great at the next suggestion. I'm not. It is to track your spending, make a budget, stick to it. Nobody likes to budget, do they? No, honestly, budgeting is the worst. It's not fun. And us humans, we like to have fun. But me personally, I track my expenses. So I know when I get to a certain limit that I got to stop spending for the month and I just kick it to next month. There's tons of resources online. Um, Mint.com is a great one. Annex uses something called eMoney where you can link up your credit cards and your bank accounts through your username and passwords. And it tracks all of your spending. So it fills out a budget for you. It's really easy. I'm on board with this. Prioritize important expenses. Yes. So I find that if people have aspirational goals, like we're saving for a down payment on a house, or we really want to go to Europe, or we want to get married or buy that vacation home. If you have a goal that you're working towards, it's easier to sacrifice today to save for that future goal. So make a goal and have it be a fun one. Talking about lifestyle inflation or lifestyle creep with Amy Bremer, a CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. What really might help to fight that lifestyle creep is to, before spending anything else, you need to make sure that you're contributing to tax advantage accounts, right? Oh my gosh, most definitely. And those tax advantage accounts are your traditional 401k at work or 403b if you're in the private sector, a traditional IRA. And those will get you a tax break today. And then that money grows for your future. And then you just pay the taxes when you're in your retirement. And how about everybody's buddy, if you qualify for it, the HSA? Oh, I love HSAs. So those ones are triple taxed advantaged. The kicker is you have to have a high deductible health insurance plan. So check with your HR department at work to see if you have one of those available to you. But you get tax break when you put the money in. So it acts kind of like a traditional 401k on the way in. You can invest your HSA money. So all that growth comes tax-free. And then when you take the money out, whether you're working or not, and you spend that money on a qualified medical expense, it's tax-free to you too again. Yeah, it's they're pretty darn amazing. They're and awesome. You touched on this earlier, but let's talk a little bit more about it. You get a raise, you get a bonus, you invest it. Yes. And, you know, again, getting back to that, you know, we're not clergy, don't take a vow of poverty. You should enjoy the fruits of your labor. You work hard. You should have some joy from that, too. But I say put half, put half of it in your 401k. The compounding over the next 20, 30 years of your life is just exponential growth and, and your future self will be grateful for it. Do you run into lifestyle creep at every age group or every maybe asset level that we deal with at Annex Wealth Management? That's a great question, Danny. So I, yes, actually, there are doctors who you think would be living high on the hog that they've made tons of money and they do, but there's something called doctoritis where, you know, you make a lot of money and you spend a lot of money getting back into that keeping up with the Joneses mentality. And sometimes those folks have find it difficult to retire. 
For investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website is AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Amy Bremer, CFP and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Danny. Take care. Someone asks how you are. Most of the time, it's good. So how's your money, your investments, your retirement plans? Given everything going on good might not be the answer. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying great. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Hey, Robert. Hi, Danny. You know, it's hard to keep up. During the pandemic, some people chose early retirement, and if that wasn't you, but it sure sounded good, you might have had a date penciled on the calendar for when you wanted to retire. But then the markets got volatile, and you might be thinking of waiting a little longer. Don't be bummed about that. We've got a list of reasons why it might not be so terrible to delay retirement. A bit of a silver lining. And you wouldn't be alone. About 40% of workers are planning to push retirement later in life due to inflation. That's according to a recent survey by the Nationwide Retirement Institute. Robert, let's talk about those silver linings. What's the first potential positive? Well, you know, one of the first things is if you're still working, you're still saving. And you're not putting pressure on your savings or retirement funds. They still have time to grow. Kind of run up the score still, right? It's amazing, too, when you're working 40, 50 hours a week, it it cuts down in your time to spend. And I don't know about you, Danny, but I kind of keep track. Me and my wife spend 90% of our funds on Saturday and Sunday. Do you really? Monday through Friday. Yeah, Monday through Friday, we very rarely spend very much money. But boy, Saturday Saturday is probably two-thirds. Sunday's a third. Party at the Chastains, folks. Okay, the second (laughs) point is, is you can delay Social Security, which then means you get a larger payout. That's absolutely true. Now, for some people, say they have health issues, then they may be better off starting to take it at 62 if they don't have longevity in their family. But if you do have longevity, the longer you delay it, the bigger the payout is, and you're still growing the savings and retirement side. Remember that uh, experiment they used to do with the little kids and they'd give them one marshmallow, but if they waited 15 minutes, they could have two. Many of us (laughs) want that first marshmallow right away. Talking about silver linings of delaying retirement, the third reason is you just like what you do. You know what, Danny, we've talked about this on a few few past shows, and this is a really important one. If you haven't prepared yourself for retirement, say emotionally, uh, you know, on a mental health side of it, you have things lined up to take that time that uh, you used to work. If you don't have activities and time and friends, it's a troublesome time for a lot of people. And psychologically, a lot of people just have not prepared themselves. And if you do like you like what you do, you like the people you work with, you know, I'll just give you one example. I have a registered nurse who retired. She's now a food sampler at a local grocery store because she loves talking to people. We're with Robert Chastain, Branch Director and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management in Southwest Florida. Folks, don't be too disappointed if you put off retirement in light of inflation and the economy. There's some silver linings. The fourth is you can capitalize on other work benefits. 
Sure can. And this kind of kind of rhymes with some of the other things we've talked about already, Danny. But those work benefits, say if you have a 401k match, well, first off, you're still contributing to your 401k. You're still getting the company match. You may have an uh, HSA account that you're still contributing to. You know, the only other thing you might want to ask if you do delay retirement and your company knows that, maybe ask for a little more vacation. You know, then do a a dry run on retirement. Try, Try taking three weeks off in a row and see how it feels. But if you are still working, you still have those benefits. And here's the other thing. If you aren't Medicare age, you still have health care. Because if you do retire before 65, you're going to have to cover yourself. And that's a pretty big expense. Yep. Putting off retirement, it's not ideal, but there are some silver linings. And our last reason is you can wait out inflation. You can. Here's one thing with the inflation thing. Who has done your plan, your retirement plan? Has the inflation portion been built into it? At Annex, I know that we build high inflation, low inflation. They are built into your plan. Your plan should be stress tested both ways. And then that'll give you a better feeling of comfort if you do choose to still retire on time. Yeah, and one important thing that we should point out is the fact that if you are going to delay retirement, that doesn't mean you don't need a plan. In fact, it's probably more important to have a plan because then you've got that vision of the road ahead. It it is more important, Danny. Everybody should have a plan. And you know what? I would even say that no matter who built your plan, you should have somebody else take a look at it. That might be us. Maybe you didn't have the right plan in the first place. We, We would be happy to look at it. Maybe you could retire with a plan built from a fee-only fiduciary. For investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, know the difference? Our website is AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start that wealth metric process. Robert Chastain is branch director and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We will be right back on 92.5 Fox News. How will tax increases in the Inflation Reduction Act affect your investment and retirement goals? It's time to reevaluate your plan. The Annex Wealth Management team has reviewed the new law and is ready to give your plan an independent review. No products to push on you, just serious planning. The in-house Annex team creates comprehensive plans that play out hundreds of possible scenarios, including sky-high inflation, lifestyle changes, and additional taxes. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? We like to work on financial and retirement puzzles for each and every one of our clients. And none are the same because nobody lives the exact same life and we certainly don't have the same goals. There are many moving pieces to a well-crafted retirement plan. And Social Security is one of the legs of the retirement stool. We want that stool to support your plan. Let's talk about Social Security and specifically what's called a claiming strategy because it's a whole lot more than turning 62 and starting to collect. And to do that, we're joined by Eric Strom, financial planning manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Eric. Hi, Danny. And Tom Burkholz, a financial planning specialist and CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Tom. Hello. Eric, Social Security, one of the legs of a retirement plan, but it's a mistake to think it's probably going to be the majority of the support. That's right, Danny. We are fans of saving for your financial future, whether that's Roth account, taxable investment accounts, 
pre-tax IRAs. And as you begin to save more and more and you get closer to retirement, Social Security becomes one of those important puzzle pieces. So it's definitely that context. Tom, we had a question on a recent Ask Annex about the percentage of Americans who start taking benefits at 62. The overall percentage of Americans is higher than our clients at Annex Wealth Management. And the conclusion was that our clients, with our planning assistance, integrate Social Security at various ages because they've got other sources of retirement income. They just do things a little differently. Yeah, Danny, about a third of Americans take Social Security at 62. And in my opinion, it's not because they want to, it's because they need to. Most Americans have not saved enough for retirement. And clients at Annex tend to have saved more assets and it provides them more flexibility on when they eventually claim for Social Security. Eric, let's go back to square one. The minimum age to take Social Security benefits, it's 62. Yeah, typically it is 62. Uh, Not always, but for most people it is age 62. And Tom, the amount scales up as we get older. Right. So the amount does scale up, but there's somewhat of a misconception with Social Security that if you file before your full retirement age, that somehow you're getting a penalty. But in reality, it's not designed to be punitive. It's actually an actuarial age-based reduction. So it's all based on your age and it's designed to make sure you arrive at similar benefits over your lifetime. So nobody's penalizing you for taking Social Security early. Eric, when should Social Security enter into somebody's mindset when they're thinking about financial and retirement planning? Should it even be in our minds when we're in our 50s? I think so, because Social Security is really just a part of retirement planning, and it's never too early to start retirement planning. Even with my six-year-old, I'm working on getting her some earned income so we can start that custodial Roth IRA, right? So it's never too early. But as you're getting in your 50s, and let's say you're five or more years away from Social Security, yeah, you want to get more serious about looking at it because, look, we're seeing increasing volatility, we're seeing uh, fluctuation in interest rates, so don't ignore your retirement planning, right? Social Security is that guaranteed fixed income puzzle piece in your retirement puzzle, so you want to take retirement planning seriously and get on it. Let's talk about what's called a claiming strategy, and a strategy is part of the plan. Right. It's a huge part of the overall financial plan. And if you're married, there's dozens and dozens of claiming strategies. And the reality is the claiming strategy of one spouse can dramatically affect the other. So in my experience, the math always tells the story. You want to run the math and blend that into your overall financial plan while considering other things like longevity and the client's personal preference on when they want to start. Eric, you and the financial planning team work these numbers when somebody's going through the initial process after they click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. Does it become kind of clear what the optimum age is when the process happens, or is this a it depends thing? It's not very clear when we first start because distribution planning is very intricate and complex. Many financial planners say, oh, just delay till 70, delay till 70, and there's that wisdom out there. But it's not that simple. If you are going to delay till 70, then where is the money going to come from? So that's distribution planning, right? How are you going to fund those years prior to starting to Social Security if you are going to defer till 70? We've got to get to know you first. We can't simply just say, okay, we've known you for five minutes. Here's the best Social Security strategy. 
back to the legs of that retirement stool. When it comes to Social Security's contributions to retirement income, the ballpark figure is what, 40%? Is that is that correct? Right. Yeah. And it, it was never designed to pay for all of your retirement expenses. So it's actually interesting how Social Security has evolved over time because when it was designed back in the 30s, no one, I don't think, was expecting in the year 2022 that people were going to be living into their 80s, 90s, and beyond. So we're optimistic on Social Security, but it may look different in the future. We just don't know yet. And the rest is made up of savings and investments and all the stuff that Annex Wealth Management helps our clients with. Yeah. So Social Security is interesting, right? Because it has some unique aspects. First of all, it's not fully taxable. The most that can be taxed is 85% of it. And also, if you delay taking your Social Security, there's a guaranteed growth to it, almost like an annuity. So because of that, you've got to accept that there are unique features to Social Security. How does this fit into my overall plan? If I do delay, where am I going to withdraw the money from in the meantime? And that's why Social Security planning is really part of that broader retirement planning and distribution planning strategy. For investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Tom Burkholz, financial planning specialist and CFP. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Eric Strom, financial planning manager and CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Always appreciate your insight. Thanks, Danny. Used to be a retirement plan was working 40 years. Get the gold watch, walk out the door to see what was next, if anything. That was then, this is now. We're in an age of retirement redefined, and retirement could last a long time. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan to help deliver the retirement you desire. It's time to know the difference. Work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Losing a spouse is an awful reality for married couples. You've had time together, and when the day comes when you're by yourself, it's just not right. Being widowed creates a hole and can be made worse if you don't have a solid financial plan. That's what we're going to talk about with Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Deanne. Hey, Danny. Oh, these are sad topics, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We realize that both men and women lose spouses, but for the sake of this conversation, we're going to talk about widows who have lost husbands. Statistically, that's more likely than the other way around, isn't it? Well, in 2020, there were about three and a half million widowed men in the U.S. and about 11.3 million widowed women. Well, I don't like the sound of this. Widowhood is one of the highest financial risk factors that face women. Yeah, a woman's income just from Social Security alone drops significantly after their spouse dies. This cut ranges from 33 to 50 percent compared to the couple's previous combined benefits. They're going down to one, the highest of the paychecks from two. So women face a higher risk of falling into poverty. Also, if their spouse had a pension, there might be a reduction in benefit there as well. The poverty rate for widowed women is almost 40% higher than her male counterpart. That sets the stage for a serious conversation, doesn't it? And I'm going to use broad generalizations here, but based on what I've read, it's very possible that the widow was not as involved in managing finances. Traditionally, right or wrong, the husband took the lion's share of the financial management. Well, usually what I see as a wealth manager is one member of the partnership, and yes, it's usually the man, takes care of the investments while the woman might take care of the household budgeting. So both financial, but very different duties. We do usually see the 
Division of Household Financial Labor split, though. You're right. And interestingly, and this statistic has been around for a long time, Danny, up to 70 percent of widows leave their husband's financial advisor within a year of their death, according to Vanguard Research. Usually that's because they weren't involved in that decision making process and they had no relationship with the advisor. Or worse, no advisor at all. Right. right? And so all of a sudden they're behind the eight ball. They're forced to make decisions that they might not be equipped for. In fact, you and I did that segment called Fortune Hunters and Gold Diggers, Mm -hmm. and we talked about how people can be taken advantage of in times like that. Yeah, and that's why I always say you should bring along a second pair of eyes and ears, a good friend whom you trust with you when you're making financial decisions after you have a major life-changing event, like losing a spouse. During times of stress, we don't hear and process things the same way. And at that time, yeah, unfortunately, it can be easier to get taken advantage of because we're not as much on our toes. Or we might make decisions that aren't necessarily in our best interest because we just want to get the decisioning done Mm. with. So that second set of eyes and ears can be very helpful in that case. Deanne Phillips is Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Deanne, let's back up to a point where a married couple is sitting with us at Annex Wealth Management. Let's go through some of the basic but very necessary steps they need to take with their wealth manager and their whole plan. Right. Well, first off, it is about the couple. So they both do need to be here sharing their goals, their wants, their needs. They're both equally important in building that financial plan. And they both need to have an understanding of how their current actions and income and and their assets fit into their plan and how their goals can be met. This is so much more and goes so much deeper than just knowing about their asset allocation or diversification. It's so much more than just the investments. It's understanding their income expenses, their legacy planning, their estate planning. And it's about stress testing their financial plan just in case there is a long-term care need or a premature death. And stress testing the plan then really shows them as a couple, as a team, what would happen to the remaining partner financially if one was lost. Let's say it happens and a spouse passes. The the dust needs to settle a little bit, but the widow needs to take certain steps. One of the most important is to contact us at Annex Wealth Management. The plan that worked previously for the married couple is in place, but it needs to morph. It needs to reflect a new reality. Yeah, so relatively soon, you do need to revamp around that financial plan because your income, your tax situation, your expenses, they're all going to change. Your bracket's going to change, and eventually your goals might change too. All of these need to be formalized into a financial plan. You know, I've heard from a number of our wealth managers who share clients saying things like, it's so nice that somebody's not selling me something when we're sitting in meeting. That's not what we do. We're, we're here to help. Oh, no, absolutely. We are here as in a fiduciary capacity to act in the best interest of the clients. And we're really here to help guide you through all those transitions, good and bad. We have people that ask, how often do we meet? Well, when you're going through a transition, you're going to be in contact with us and we're going to be in contact with you a little bit more. And that is normal. And, you know, sometimes it's about repetition and gentle nudges and reminders and helping you partner to and through all those life transitions. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Start that wealth metric process. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Someone asks how you are. Most of the time, it's good. So how's your money, your investments, your retirement plans? Given everything going on, good might not be the answer. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Annex will build a plan that addresses your financial, retirement, tax, and estate planning. Annex Wealth Management can change the conversation. We don't want you to answer good. We want you to feel the confidence of saying great. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. We're back. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick reminder, this show will be on Spotify as a podcast you can listen to on demand whenever you want. That'll be at the top of the hour. I'm Danny Clayton, joined in the studio now by Mark Beck, Managing Director of Wealth Management Services. Welcome. Thank you. Dave Spano still here. He's President and CEO. Guys, I got something for you. Ask Annex has taken the Thanksgiving break off, but it'll be back next weekend. But we did get a question, and I'd love to put it on the radio because I'd like to get back to Joan on this, if you don't okay, mind. Okay, sure. Okay. This one is from Joan, and she asks... Do you sell any insurance products like multi-year guaranteed annuities? Simple question. Yeah, well, it's it's not a simple answer, right? So a couple of things going on. Uh, number one is when we do our wealth management, our financial planners, and as you all know, we have lawyers and CPAs and PhDs that are on our staff. And when we do in some in-depth estate planning, sometimes there's a need for an insurance case. We refer that out. And by the way, I want to get this in because Giving Tuesday was this past week, and I want to bring this up. Sometimes when there's an insurance sale and we refer that out, we ask the insurance agent to uh, donate some to Annex Cares, which is our foundation that supports so many events around the city. So wanted to put that out there, number one. But number two, we do not sell insurance products. And I think people need to be aware of that because sometimes we see financial advisors and they go under and, and use the guise of a fiduciary and then turn around and sell somebody an insurance product. Okay. Having said that, Mark, let's answer Joan's question. Yeah. And it's a complex question because the multi-year guaranteed annuity concept comes with so many different caveats. Um, things they call riders, which is to me layers of expenses and complexity. And what I've seen throughout history is it's very, very uncommon that the investor sort of wins. So when you do the math, right, and you look at how much money did I invest, I could have put it to a balanced portfolio, accept the risk of the ups and downs, and over time, I gain my average annual rate of return. When you're shifted over to an annuity product, what you're doing is shifting the risk. You have to pay the insurance company to accept that risk. And they're going to layer in all these different ways where you could potentially get ahead in their mind. But all of that has to be netted out of all of those costs. And so in the down markets, you exacerbate the down market because of the extra layers of fees and complexity. So I think one of the keys here, annuities are a sold product. Very, very rarely I've ever seen somebody come looking for one of those things. And, and so a couple of things. Number one is the insurance agent, you know, who sometimes holds himself out as a financial advisor, but isn't. Uh, sometimes we'll go and sell that product and they'll defend against what you just said that says, but it's tax deferred and you've shifted to risk. And what's wrong with shifting some of my risk to the big bad insurance company, right? So that's what they're going to say against that. One of those products is a variable annuity, kind of what you were explaining. But sometimes there's this stream of payments, you know, do you use it for accumulation or do you use it for distribution? That's part of the answer. Yeah. If it's distribution, what you're doing is thinking about it like buying your own personal pension plan, right? And that's a spot where it can work. The problem is that for a long time, people would sort of 
amp up that fear element, sell this annuity, and if you did a calculation of the internal rate of return, so what you were getting credited from the annuity company was next to nothing. So really what you did is give them your money and then they pay it back to you in a stream. Well, I'd be happy to do that for you, right? <laughs> Flip that around now. Company. You know, you might be coming into an environment where interest rates are higher. Here might be a spot where you can start to think about ways to get guaranteed income streams, especially in an environment where you maintain flexibility. I think that's a key to me. You know, the marketing for annuities uses that phrase with guaranteed income. Right. I mean, so, and I think that People hear that mm -hmm. and they are in the middle of a tumultuous season and it sounds pretty good, but yeah. you got to look deeper. You got to look deeper and that's the reason why know what you own and how much you're paying for it is so important. Sometimes you got to read those prospectuses and those contracts, which are, of course, written by lawyers for the insurance companies. But I just want to I want to end with this, folks, is, you know, be careful because there are financial advisors and I use the term advisors in air quotes. And I really think the SEC should uh, should look into that and, you know, who calls themselves an advisor, if you just call, call, come out and say, I'm an insurance broker, that's fine. Nothing wrong. I think there's a place for it, right? But don't come out and say that you're a financial advisor and then sneak an annuity around uh, with some of those client assets. We see it all the time, uh, and I hear it in lots of places. And so, of course, that's, the, those, that's how I want to end the show. More importantly, financial planning is for everybody, and that's what you do on a daily basis, Mark. It is for everybody. You know, you don't wait until that moment is right. You get started whenever you can because, boy, there's so much that you can learn, so much that you can do to move the needle, to coordinate efforts, to not leave accounts behind, to make sure that you're on track, that you're doing the little things correct, all of which snowball and accumulate over time. Never have I met with a new client who says, boy, I think I'm here too early. It's almost always. I wish I'd have been here a long time ago. Mark, earlier in the show, we had the silver linings of putting off retirement. You're in, you're in the game longer, right? You're, you're contributing. You're, you're not paying health insurance if you got it through the company. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a financial plan, right? You need that clear path. Absolutely. So many little things, so much spots, so many spots for guidance that can accumulate and really just put you on a right path to be better prepared for any transition, whether it's unexpected loss of a job or a wonderful transition into a secure and enjoyable retirement. So, Joan, that was a long answer, but we hope we answered the question, do you sell any insurance products like multi-year guaranteed annuities? The answer was no, but get with us and tell us what it is you're looking for with a financial plan. That's the way it starts. It starts for everybody at AnnexWealth.com by clicking that Get Started button. AnnexWealth.com. Now is the time. Annex is ready. Folks, thanks for listening. We're going to be back here next Sunday at noon. This Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.